0: everybody, I'm uh, coming at you just for a quick little intro of this podcast episode. This one's a little different than normal. I'm actually a guest on the Creators Anonymous podcast for this episode. And I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what I learned from being a guest on that podcast after the uh, podcast itself. As far as the podcast goes, I tell my story about how I kind of got into YouTube, um, where my filmmaking career sort of went, and yeah, I guess how we got to here and what we're doing beyond. There's a we we talk we cover a ton of different things. So I highly recommend you guys check this podcast episode out and uh, go support creators anonymous as well. Um, Michael over there is doing some good podcasts, and uh, thanks everyone for watching and listening.
1: Hey, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of Creators Anonymous, uh, the podcast where we go ahead and we interview, converse, and just sit down and talk to the people who are in the media industry, production industry, creators in general. We're here to show you that there isn't one set path to get into your goal or into what you love. So uh, joining me today is filmmaker, homesteader, podcaster, YouTuber, Mr. Forrest Stevens, uh, Forrest, hey. how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good, Michael. Thanks for having me on the pod. And that was a uh, quite a rap sheet I've got there of uh, stuff. So I'm curious what you uh, what you want to hear about, and and I'm excited to get into it with you.
1: Oh, and I really do appreciate you replying to me and actually joining me today on this podcast. Um, you know, you're you're a perfect example of going and doing what you love you know, uh, I, I've checked out your channel, uh, from the For Stevens channel to also the different media channel. And I, I really do want to hear like how it all started for you. Uh, did this come from a educational standpoint where you went the traditional route and went to school for, for film or anything like that?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question directly, uh, it didn't. I, I didn't go to school for anything. Um, I'm all self-taught. Uh, and I mean, it depends how far you want to go back, but I mean, like, you know, growing up as a kid, I was, I had a, a much older brother who had a video camera and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. This was like a video camera, like on the shoulder VHS tape kind of thing. And he would record stuff with his friends and we'd watch it back. And, uh, I just thought that was so cool that you could do that. You could record what you were experiencing and play it back later and share it with other people. And and um, so that inspired me a lot. And and, you know, uh, I think I was 11 when YouTube became a thing and I just instantly gravitated towards that. I was like, oh, this is this is huge. You know, you can just upload. You don't need to know how to do anything. You know, I was an 11 year old. I didn't know how to make a website and put videos up. but I, I did know how to figure out how to use YouTube. So I started borrowing my mom's point and shoot and and doing the same thing my brother did, which was just filming uh, me and my friends skateboarding. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of like CKY and Jackass and stuff like that. So I filmed, you know, these little prank videos and then, you know, all you got to learn everything else uh, about video to like put these together. So I started learning video editing programs by myself, watching tutorials on YouTube. And, you know, I went to YouTube University, I, I you know, you, if you have a problem, you run into a problem with an editor, you, you just, you Google, you know, how do you, how do you use the cut tool or how do you double speed things or how do you speed up footage or whatever? Um, so that's, that's how I taught myself and it progressed, you know, it just progressed. It, it, it went way beyond borrowing my mom's point and shoot it. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I, And as a teenager i i sort of like fell out of love with video a little bit and started making music and then i realized okay how do i get this music out there i have to film videos i have to film music videos so i got back into it there and filmed some music videos and and then i just was like whatever i decide to do so this was when i was maybe like 18 or 19 i just hitchhiked across the country did this sort of like little bit of soul searching Uh, and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do in life. You know, 19 is that kind of age, or at least it was for me where I'm like, okay, who do I want to be in this world? What do I want to try to do? And I decided whatever I wanted to do, whether it's music or video, it'd be easier to be successful at it if I already had an audience. So that's what I started focusing on was building a YouTube audience around me. Um, And what that looked like at the time was filming with a a camera that I paid for by booking a wedding before I had the camera. So I booked a wedding made $500 from shooting a a photography at a wedding. I'd learned how to edit photos, not shoot photos, but I learned how to edit photos because my sister was a wedding photographer and hired me one summer to edit photos. So I I bought a camera for 450 bucks or something, used that camera to shoot the wedding. It was paid off. And then I started filming my own stuff and putting it up on YouTube. And it was sort of travel stuff. I didn't really know. I didn't really know much. Um, lots of experimental things, and uh, you know, I didn't back then. I didn't even know what a vlog was. This was like seven or eight years ago. But I uh, was filming like vlogish type stuff, and um, I filmed a, a van tour of my van, put it up on YouTube, and it was a van that me and my partner were like traveling across the country in. And that van tour got like 40,000 views, like pretty quickly. Uh, Whereas like my travel content had gotten like a hundred views and I was like, Whoa, okay. There's something here. There's like an audience here. So um, that's the thing with YouTube is like, you know, like I, I, right now, like if we fast forward a a second before we hop back, but I'm now making a full-time living off of YouTube for the past four years. Um, And actually just got this in the mail
1: yesterday so oh congratulations
0: thank you thank you so that's for my channel different media this is from that van tour that i briefly mentioned i realized there's a niche for that so i started reaching out to my friends i lived in like kind of a, a hippie community um, here in, in canada so a lot of people were living in vans and i was just reached out to my friends and hey you want to film a tour it's like we can just have fun with it it's sort of documentary give you a little snapshot of where you're at in this life I started filming those and I I started being like, okay, if I make one of these a a week, um, that'll be good for the channel. And if I make a hundred of these, I could make, you know, roughly enough money to live. So within a year of making those, um, every single week, posting them, trying to find people, filming, all that stuff, one, once a week, um, I was working in a restaurant at the time and i made the same amount of money on youtube as i did at my minimum wage job so that's when i was like okay i'm quitting um you know i I still worked like an extra i think month and a half just to put some savings away quit my my job went full-time youtube and uh that's it man it's it's gone from there like uh you know i i made a a a feature length documentary it's 45 minutes long once again about van life and about the connection of of it with instagram and sort of how people kind of falsify a lot of their van life experience just to get exposure on social media and um that brought that that kind of elevated me to another level right so it's it's sort of like if i look at the projection of of my filmmaking career it's starting small and gradually building and only investing what i really can like it it, in youtube was always interesting to me as a business because it was like every single thing i put out there is an asset that can then make me money back and it doesn't really cost me anything there's no real upfront cost if i cover my costs as i go so to me that was really appealing because i've i you know came from nothing i had no money working minimum wage jobs no education Um, i was young you know i could have chosen the road of education and, and a career or something like that But I decided to do entrepreneurship instead and, and to try to make a go of it, um, through this gradual business that I've been building, um, with YouTube. And yeah, so that, so once again, the, the progression of that led to me making a, a feature length doc and I, you know, I did a lot of this on my own, but, um. Uh, the documentary I filmed with a friend who I met. You know, he had a van. I did a van tour of him. He had a bunch of gear I didn't have, so I was like, "Let's do a profit share." I've got this idea. I need you to film some scenes with me, and we filmed a handful of times with him, and I filmed a bunch on my own. Um, once again, you know, like mm-hmm. I I like to think about how I can use all my time and footage as efficiently as possible so when i was out there filming van tours i would ask these people a couple additional questions that then i edited out of the the videos that i released every week and that became the basis of my van life movie all those questions that i didn't include in the van tours so i was able to double down on my work and and use like use footage in multiple different ways um so anyway uh had some help with that, just with filming. And then I edited myself, marketed it myself, and it kind of blew up like uh, a few months after it was up on YouTube. Um, somebody posted it on the subreddit documentaries and it uh, it got to the front page of Reddit. So I think it was like number eight on the, on the front page of Reddit and uh, got 250,000 views in one day from that um it's now over i think 1.5 million on youtube it's also on prime video so through that uh, a company reached out to me that's an aggregator and they collect you know they, they have all these these people that are filmmakers or movie producers and they work with them to get their content on streaming platforms or airplanes or they you know they used to even sell dvds and stuff like this so they took that uh i teamed up with them and they they have that movie up on prime video and they also have a couple other travel shows that I've made since then. And uh, yeah, that's that's sort of led to being able to elevate myself once again in this in this film industry. So kind of being able to make money in other ways, which is always really important to have, you know, multiple streams of income and then also add uh, a different era of legitimacy to my work and be able to further um, what I can do as well, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, and it's awesome that it all came from what, like a four hundred and fifty dollar camera, right? That you hustled to to make uh, to do a photo uh, cover a wedding, you know, their photography. It all came from that, and then it all led to this amazing, basically resume of your life. Um, and the film is called the reality of van life. If I'm not mistaken, it is on prime video, um, for anyone who is interested, please go check it out. Uh, I I've seen, you know, force other work and, you know, it's not disappointing whatsoever. It's Appreciate super that. interesting. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's super interesting. And I've always kind of had, you know, in the back of my head, I, I always, I was gonna go for the van life thing when I was young and one of the crazy things is that when you do look online, uh, just a couple years ago, you couldn't find any actual help on it. It totally. was uh, at most, it was a couple blog posts about do-it-yourself things, and now it's like you you type it into YouTube, and you have step-by-step processes of what's the best and what's what not to use. Have a carbon monoxide, uh, you know, detector and everything just all these sets of rules and it's crazy how it's blown up in such a short amount of time. I think, I think part of it is that people realize that we get one life and they really want to go out and experience it and just living in one spot doesn't do it anymore. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a great way to travel and and travel is a great way to live. Um, you know, there's a lot to experience in this world. Uh, And we get to choose how much we want to experience of it. But travel is definitely a way where it forces you to experience a lot. So it's it's uh, um, it's something that people want to do for sure. And and to speak on your point about um, how there wasn't really much of it at one point. I think that's, you know, like I didn't even know what van life was. And I had a converted camper that I'd done myself. I built the bed out. I made a video about that. I, I didn't follow any guides. There was no guides. And and so I was there at the beginning of fan life um, and so much of so much of life i think actually is like timing so i i was able to kind of like jump in on this trend as it rose and now it's much more competitive there's like you know i i had to kind of stop filming because of covid restrictions here in canada and meanwhile there was companies that now pretty much replicate what i what I started or, and, and there was a handful of other people doing what I do as well. Um, but they have big companies that do it and they just hire freelancers to film and they didn't stop and they, they upload every couple of days. It's not once a week like this one man operation over here. So it's a competitive space now. But um, I think that's something to consider, like for any of the listeners that are interested in YouTube is uh timing is a lot of a part of it and then then um you know not jumping on trends necessarily but like kind of creating trends just by your interests like if you're lucky your your interests will cross over into a a bigger audience's interests as well
1: yeah and it's about finding those niche spots and spaces where there's a void of information, and you can provide that information. You know, giving that you're knowledgeable enough about the subject or not, and it, like, look, you were in the right spot at the right time with something that really interested you, and something that you really liked, exactly. and it, it, it helped you along the way. Um, how 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 cool is it to know that you have something up on a streaming service? Like, do you sometimes just go through Prime Video and like that's that's my right there.
0: Yeah, man, it's pretty special. Uh, I couldn't believe it when it when it first happened. It's It's been a couple of years now. So it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not something I think about now. But man, when it first went up, I was checking it every day. I was just like, there's no way and then people started reviewing it too. And I'm like, this is crazy. I was just checking reviews all the time. I uh, I just never thought it was like possible. And, and, you know, the the aim of the movie was at Netflix originally, but it was a lofty goal. And part of that that aim was to be very public about, oh, let's get this on Netflix, everyone, you know, get involved kind of thing. And I knew that it was a slim chance um, because I didn't make it with Netflix. Um, And when you make something... Uh, then you have to get a third party involved and, and it's, it's, it's a different process than if, if I was to bring a concept to Netflix and, and have like a Netflix original with them or something. Um, so that was always a lofty goal, but uh, to have it even just on Prime Video and, you know, it's on Tubi and a few other places that what it, what it feels like to me is it's just a little bit of exclusivity in it and it's just it's a little special because it's not like it's not like YouTube where anyone can just upload something you know it's like no this has been chosen out this is good enough to be here and I mean there's a lot of crap on on prime video so maybe it's not the perfect example but um, it is something so so that feels great
1: oh it's awesome man. and and uh, I, I I think that you know you shop for Netflix and that was the moon and you landed among the stars where it was prime video and it's still a success you know I still oh, see yeah. that as a success.
0: it's a huge success Uh, i'll just say sorry uh, to interrupt but um i'll just say in like a monetary sense as well like i've always done everything on a shoestring budget and like this movie has an imdb page and i listed like i listed the budget as like 170 bucks because that's legitimately what it was like it was like a full tank of gas in my friend's volkswagen van to go out to the west coast and i was like i was like scratching my head at any other expenses i was like there's nothing like I, I, we did it all ourselves. Like, yeah, if I had, if I had like build my own hours for editing and whatever, like, yeah, it would be different, but self shot cost me nothing. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. A tank of gas, some seven 11 visits for some, you know, for some yeah. snacks and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um but I, I I've seen a lot of your uh, I've gone through a lot of your content on, on your page, uh, especially the Forrest Stevens page. I find it really interesting things that you're doing, you're homesteading and you're growing mushrooms and you're showing DIY, how to grow your own mushrooms. And, uh, and then you have the, the marijuana tumbler that I saw, which was really cool as well. And from all that, from, you know, van tours and from homesteading vlogs and from hiking through forests while tripping on, you know, psychedelic mushrooms. What is your favorite style of video to shoot?
0: Oh, to shoot. That's interesting. You know, I, I like all, di- I like all different style of, of videos to shoot. Um, <clears throat> they all have different, different things, you know, like on my For Stevens channel, um, it's mostly solo work. So it's mostly like vlog style or I film it myself. And there's not really much of a crew involved. Um, but like, for instance, we, me and my friends, um, my friend Greg Wong and my friend Riley Richters, we, we went on a sailing trip a couple years ago. And uh, that video of me tripping on mushrooms was from that trip. And uh, we filmed like a travel documentary f- film. From it, And it was one of the most creative things that I've personally been involved with, in my opinion. Um, it really pushes the boundary of what a movie can be. It's it's kind of a, a trip in itself. And um, that was a lot of fun um, because of the people involved. And, you know, even when I've had jobs in the past, it's like, even a crappy job is fun if you've got a good crew with you. Um, if you can joke around, if you can, if you can make uh, make what you're doing fun. And so that, that's what it is for me as well. It's like the video content and the video style. Um, as long as it's something fun, like that's, that's what's important. And that can be anything, you know, I, I can have fun, you know, shooting these vlogs by myself is a blast sometimes. Um, and you know, I, so I don't really have a great answer for your question, but I do think, um, working with a good crew is a lot of fun. And then also I have a ton of fun shooting vlogs and editing vlogs, and, and because of the meaning behind them in my, my mind, um, and the tutorials too are very fun for different reasons. Um, you know, like the, the DIY Tumblr video, the, the weed Tumblr that you mentioned, it was fun to film and edit because it was more simple and it required some voiceover and it was kind of straightforward and, and linear. Whereas like the vlogs are a little more creative, and you can think, uh, how am I going to use this b-roll footage? Am I going to stitch it together into a music montage? Am I going to allow the clip to play for itself? And maybe the the sounds of the birds um, and the wind is is something. You know, maybe that audio is something, and it, it can just play for itself because maybe somebody watching doesn't won't have that experience, and you can you can immerse them into your world. And so that's what i think about as well is um how to how do i immerse somebody into my world with my videos um
1: truly truly the heart of a filmmaker there it that's the mindset of a filmmaker i want to take this and i want to take you vegetating on your couch but put you in to my scenario and that's exactly yeah and by the way uh that video where you were hiking with your friends and you went on that trip beautiful scenery you got such like beautiful scenes there and just the pitter patter of the rain because i have a thing for rain just the pitter patter of the rain over the audio like was calming yeah and yeah it, it, it was great um, there's so
0: that's the thing about video man is uh, and and ultimately why i think i chose it uh over music in a, in a broad sense um is it combines audio It it uses it's video to me like film and, and movies and everything vlogs all that it's it's it combines the art of pictures and music and audio uh together and it, it creates uh it creates like a master art in my opinion it's one of the places where you can be very very creative i think at least I, for myself
1: i agree i 100 percent agree there there's something about being able to mix video and audio to create one finished product that becomes an experience in exactly. and of itself. Um, but uh, I, I was watching, and I am curious because I saw in one of your vlogs that you got one of those uh, those all in one like mushroom growing kits. How's mm-hmm. that turning out so far? I'm oh, just it's interested. awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, it's great, man. I uh, that's another thing that's that's fortunate about YouTube is you can. Once you have a bit of a pre- presence, you can reach out to some companies and either get free products or get a little bit of sponsor money. And and this is a th- what you're mentioning right now is a, a company out of Nova Scotia. So fairly local to me. And um, and they uh, they sent me these kits just in exchange of just, oh, just feature them in your blog. So it's like, oh, awesome. I can show these people, you know, I can show people what the progress is like. And I've been filming sort of maybe not daily, but every once in a while, just being like, check out the mushrooms now as they kind of grow along and uh we've had a couple flushes so what happens is you like spray it along and and they sort of sort of form and then they grow and then you harvest them and then they go dormant again and then you uh reintroduce a lot of water to them and they'll they'll do it again over and over so you can get multiple flushes from the same brick and uh yeah we harvested a bunch of mushrooms from there sauteed them up in in some breakfast and They've just been incredible. Just so good. Yeah. Next level. I've I've never really messed around with like choice edible mushrooms much. So this is like, uh, you know, first time eating like a fresh oyster mushroom and it's just like, Oh, this is so good. Like this is, I can't even comprehend how good this tastes. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I know you have a bit of a green thumb because you do the whole homesteading thing. And I've seen, uh, you I've seen your garden a bit I know you're having trouble with you know the kale because some type of beetle you were talking about yeah Um, do you find it calming or is it like uh, just a hobby or do you do it specifically because you're homesteading Um, or do you enjoy like the whole garden growing plants and vegetables thing
0: yeah so some people find uh, gardening therapeutic and and that's uh, something that I find as well I find it therapeutic Um, I also find it extremely rewarding and just generally a fun thing to do. And I try to orchestrate my life in a way where I get to do as many things as I actually want to do. You know, it's the reason that I started doing YouTube. It's the reason I've always been interested in running my own business or being self-employed, passive income. All these things have always interested me because I want to live a life that I enjoy, you know, um, and and so that's the idea of the vlogs is like being able to showcase what i actually like to do and what i'm actually doing in my day and be able to make a living from that and and um yeah and like gardening is one of my passions and and uh the yeah just how amazing it is to harvest like right now actually uh, i'm i'm kind of a fidgeter so right now i'm actually like de-husking or not like I'm like separating corn off of the corn cobs right now with my fingers as I do this podcast so like I'm always doing like a gardening task um and I like I like that I like being able to sort of provide for myself provide for my partner Emily and and to do it so directly and and be able to uh, hands-on be able to grow something that you then eat is uh it's a it's a very rewarding thing um and then also just the quality of it like i I like to eat as healthy as possible and um eat fresh and 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 like you know shop at markets and things like this this is this is part of how i live anyway so being able to grow my own food this year has been uh has been next level in that way so it's been very rewarding and yeah as far as like the homesteading goes that's always been kind of a goal of mine is to live sort of more in touch with nature and and more uh, off the land and, and and reach towards a self-sufficient life um, and if I can do that well and if I can I mean to me that's an interesting thing so I can film myself doing that and make content about it and uh, I think it'll garner enough interest over time um, So yeah, it's, you know, in in van life, there's this thing where everything that you build in your van has to sort of have more than one purpose because it's such a small space. And I think about that in life too. I'm like, this life is so short that we need to pack a lot in here. So let's figure out how to be efficient and how to to, to sort of double up on things, especially things that are important so that we can be um, sure that they're going to work out. So for me, it's like, I might not make enough money if I was to grow food and try to sell it and be a market gardener. But my idea is to maybe do that a little bit, but then also show the process through videos and allow those videos to make me the money to to to
1: live. it's a good process, let me tell you. <laughs> and no, uh, I, I've always found, you know, gardening kind of therapeutic as well. Uh, on the side of my house like you know I've grown jalapenos and and tomatoes nothing much came from it because apparently I don't have a green thumb or anything (laughs) and it's a little difficult in Miami Um, but you know it I I do the the bit I've dabbled in it is pretty nice and calming because you're out there in the fresh air and with a little bit of dirt under your you know like on your fingers and and just actually creating something, growing something from a seed or just from the dirt, and yeah, it's 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 pretty nice, I can admit. Uh, but I, I know that you also do a podcast, the the What I've Learned uh, podcast, correct?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's called What I Learned From, what and I learned from. Uh, yeah, and and it's titled that because it's usually about one topic. So, you know, what I learned from hitchhiking across Canada, what I learned from uh, van life, what I learned from uh, you know, I'll have guests on. They'll talk about. You know, I had a, a woman on uh, who talked about what it was like, or what she learned from being in a toxic relationship. Um, one guy created his own commune and left Mormonism. So, what I learned from, you know, creating a commune or a, a commune. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a podcast about. Um, it's trying to. My idea with the podcast is try to find people that have had something interesting uh, happen in their life or or know about a certain topic. And then we dive deep into the, the big takeaways and lessons from that topic.
1: It's awesome, awesome. I I, I saw the one about the commune uh, and then I saw also the way I learned from microdosing uh, on mushrooms and stuff. And I found that one really interesting and very information. Like even though I know you know, you, you threw out the, I'm not telling you to go microdose or, you know, you're not a doctor or anything like that. It was still very informational and like, you know, uh, knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always thought about, uh, microdosing, but I've never gone through the actual process of like obtaining and then doing and planning out properly. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: man, eventually it'll be, uh, eventually it'll be, um, you know, legalized like it's decriminalized in in Colorado, I think, and I think maybe Seattle as well. And then here in I Canada, know, sorry,
1: Oregon, right? Oregon, it's uh, decriminalized as well.
0: Right, right. And then uh, here in Canada, there's actually publicly traded companies that um, have grants to, or have like the ability to do um, uh, psychedelic assisted therapy, um, specifically for like end of life people uh with terminal illnesses but that's where it starts and that's where they find studies of it helping and then it'll it'll bleed into uh more mainstream availability you know like here in Canada like cannabis is legalized recreationally and it, it, that's they'll go the same route with um psilocybin mushrooms and in fact they they have much bigger potential to to do a lot of healing i think um yeah
1: yeah yeah uh, i i know that they uh, they were actually doing trials uh, with veterans who had PTSD. And it was actually showing to improve their condition like exponentially because it creates uh, new neural pathways um, in, in their brain and everything. And so it, it's going to help a lot of people. I have no doubt that it's going to just keep progressing from here. And we're finding these alternatives to just regular pharmaceutical medications and stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. And I mean, there's problems with it because it, it's not like, um, a regular pharmaceutical where you can just take it every day, you know, with microdosing, you build up a tolerance to, to psilocybin, your, your body becomes, starts to become immune to it. So you have to do a cycle of on and off and uh, maybe they'll figure out, you know, some chemists will figure out a, a way to around that and create some sort of patented, uh, c- uh chemical compound, but synthetic version i i don't know maybe but um there's limitations for sure and i think it's i think it's an interesting thing man and that's that's what i'm all about is and that's why i'm doing that podcast as well is that that's another interest of mine is just figuring out a better ways of living and and just inquiring information that's going to help people and and so and help myself too you know like uh uh, that podcast is a bit of a selfish endeavor as well, because I get to talk to interesting people and and download a little bit of what they've experienced and and maybe use that in my life to improve myself as well, you know?
1: Me, you and I both. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to some interesting people. I get to hear their interesting stories. I live vicariously through them a little. And uh, I, I get to just kind of throw it into my life. I I've gotten you know, some good feedback from multiple of my, my guests. And I've just basically integrated that into my life and things go better because you have all these different perspectives that you can work off of and find out what works for you. And everyone has a different mindset and might not, they might think of something that you've never thought of before. And then you're like, damn, that does sound like a better way to do it. And then you go for it um but yeah that's i that's why i love doing this podcast and i love talking to people in general um like this conversation i feel like is going swimmingly mm-hmm. <laughs> and, i agree <laughs> but uh so i i can totally understand uh that perspective on your podcast and i think you know keep going with it cuz it's super interesting and you really bring up good points and good perspectives on the topics you're talking about um uh, wh- where do you see, you know, let's say different media going or your your Stephen uh for Stevens YouTube channel going in the future, in the foreseeable future? What's your plan?
0: Right. Well, Okay. so um, different media like I've been releasing these van tours uh, and I was doing a much more regularly before the pandemic. And then since since then, uh, I've moved out of a location that it was very easy to film these tours. I was living on Vancouver Island, which is a huge destination for tons of van dwellers. I now live on uh, Manitoulin Island across the country. I you know, this is where we're able to acquire land to do this homesteading project. so less availability to film so i've been uh kind of transitioning away from filming the van tours um i still do because they provide me my main source of income but the idea is to uh go beyond that and and figure out how i can take that audience of 110,000 um, uh, subscribers and and be able to push further so i'm working on uh, a couple bigger films as well that are sort of uh Uh, low-key and i'm you know working on them now to to get them out but um so so that's one thing is is take that and sort of be able to work on bigger projects that i really enjoy the other thing too is i've made like 150 van tours myself and so and i don't live in a van anymore i did last year and so my interest in that is sort of waning as well and the the audience for that honestly is waning as as well because there's so much in like oversaturation of that market now so one thing i'm definitely going to be doing is i'm going to be filming uh farm tours and filming with small businesses who are doing something really crazy unique and trying to help the world you know i want to showcase people who are trying to help the world and provide that information out there for people you know it's that's what i'm doing with the van life tours even is Uh, every one of those there's tons of information in there about these people's setups and that's directly helping people who are watching it that are interested in doing that themselves so the idea is to sort of shift a little from the alternative dwellings into more of maybe the off-grid farms and and some permaculture techniques and 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 getting into that world a little more with different media and then also transitioning hopefully more to this Forrest Stevens channel, which is, uh, you know, the, the psychedelics, the vlogs, the homesteading, um, the podcasting, you know, and and sort of build more of an audience there. And that's something that I've been working on for a while, but it's a real slow process. And, uh, it's, uh, taken a while to, (laughs) to, to be able to, you know, like, I can't switch from one to the other. I'm still, I'm still like, it's kind of what you got to do in life. At least I find is, um, you need to be able to do what you want and be creative and, you know, show your talents and the money will follow. But how long does it take to follow? And do you have enough to get you there? Because if you don't, then you have to, you have to pause. You have to go back to work. You have to do this and that, and and that slows everything down and messes it up. So what I'm trying to do is live a life where I can balance, um, the work that i have to do and the and the work that i want to do so there's there is some work that i have to do with my business and with filmmaking um to make ends meet and there's a lot of work that i get to do and that's that's a beautiful thing and that's a thing i feel very grateful for wake up and is that there's a lot in my life that i get to do and that and i feel that i feel that um, it's not not things that i have to do um so so to you know <laughs> I don't even know what your question was at this point, but (laughs) I'm just going on a big ramble here. But, um, you know, uh, I guess what what the where I'm trying to go is I'm trying to I'm trying to transition more to filming what we're doing, building an audience around that and a community around, um, you know, the the life that we have here on the homestead. And um, yeah, continue building different media, but. But focusing more on bigger projects and um, still in the realm of documentary work, for sure.
1: Awesome. I can't wait. You're going from alternative dwellings to like rural dwellings, you know? I I can't wait. I can't wait for the new content. Um,
0: There is one other thing I want to add. Um, I I didn't really get too much into this, but I, I think about myself not really as a filmmaker, necessarily. I think of myself as a creative and that's more general term and that's because i do lots of things that are creative that aren't necessarily film and one of those things is is like i'm writing a book right now as well and so you know and i I let sort of um i let a lot of different things guide me but um you know if this book goes over well if i can gain a little bit of audience and it's, it's something that i can also promote through my blogs and all that um you know i would i would be totally fine with uh you know, writing and, and creating differently. Um, that's the idea here is is just to live a creative life. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to create. I want to share. I want to learn. I want to grow. And it doesn't always take form as videos for me. But um, right now it does.
1: <laughs> no, and that's, that, that's a good point. You're a creative. Uh, and I, I was talking about this in a previous podcast. It's when someone is a creative, they find all these different source of outlets for their creativity and they don't get boxed in to just making videos or just making music. They, they have to be making something and it doesn't matter if it comes out through art, if it comes out through video music, writing. Um, if it comes out through a podcast, you know, it's, you gotta be creating something. And that's as well, why I consider myself a creative. Uh, I do this podcast. i I've, uh, I try to dabble in, ho- in like hobbyist voiceover stuff. And I I my long term goal is to open up my own production studio where I shoot documentaries, music videos and short films. And that's nice. That's where my heart's at. And but I find different ways to let out my creative side, because if I'm not, if I go even like two days without doing something, it drives me wild. Like I go crazy.
0: Same. Yeah, same. <laughs> It makes me feel good to create and uh, I don't know, man, there's something about it. It's it's beautiful that we get to have these minds that are creative and that we get to create stuff. I I think it's I think there's a lot of creative potential that unfortunately isn't um, encouraged to flourish in this world. And I think that uh, I think everybody is capable of of creating. as a human being, I think we're all capable of creating. And it's, it's awesome to hear that you're that that you feel the same way.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and once you got that book on a roll, let me know. I'm, I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to (laughs) pre-order. I'm ready to go. Uh, I, I want to be able to support in any way that I can, because I, I like the path that you're on. I like your goals and your mindset and your perspective on, on everything. And, uh, like before this interview even started, you, you you told me that nothing was off limits, and I like that. I like being open and being truthful just about all my experiences and all about all your experiences. Um, so, yeah, just let me know. I'm, I'm I'm here to support, man,
0: 100%. I really appreciate that, man. That's very kind of you. That's You're awesome.
1: Welcome. And uh, so I'm going to admit that watching your videos, I've become a very big fan of Ronnie. <laughs> right and <Yeah. laughs> uh, and how how is it bringing because i know a lot of people they like to bring their dogs uh you know in the whole van life thing and traveling uh how is it traveling with a cat though
0: yes yeah. so ronnie's our cat for the for the listeners who are <laughs> curious so who's ronnie <laughs> he's just some guy we have around us um yeah so ronnie's our cat uh you know we 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 just we moved into a minivan for like a month when when emily and i first started dating and she had ronnie and we made that work and it was it was tight you know we we had to um, we had the litter box like stored away we needed to bring it out um for him and it was it was tough but it worked and then we were like okay like he can travel with us and we had we got a bigger van eventually and we went down to california from british columbia with uh, with Ronnie and it worked awesome like luckily he's a he's good on a leash that's super important I think for anybody interested in doing a uh, van life with a cat um luckily Ronnie was just like he just like didn't mind the harness and he was an indoor cat before but so he like kind of enjoyed being able to kind of experience some of the outdoors um because he was you know he's always a curious cat um the other thing is too is animals that um I think especially maybe like indoor animals or like animals that you form like a really good bond with, um, they just want to be around you, you know, whoever they have a bond with. And and so when we're in the van traveling with Ronnie, he he's always around us. We, we don't uh, we don't we only leave the van to go hiking or get supplies or whatever, you know, and, and then we're back and anytime we're chilling we're with with our cat and he's in the same room as us because there's only one room and the room has wheels so uh yeah it took it takes a couple days for him to adjust but he still loves going on trips and i you know i've gotten a few comments of people being like oh that's terrible you know your cat shouldn't live like that but it's like i don't know he seems to be fine and he seems to enjoy it but you know we have a we have a big old farmhouse now and uh you know in the van we're playing with like a tiny little toy, but out here, you know, he can chase us around. We play like tag with him and we have toys and, you know, he can really kind of run and play and that's nice too. But, uh, but in the van, it's, it's totally fine. I don't know. It's great either way.
1: From what I've seen, he enjoys being in the van uh, or, or um, your camper. And uh, I, I know that he wasn't too good at using the, the cat door to use the litter box, but I hope he's learned a bit, but now he's got a farmhouse, so he doesn't really got to worry about that, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got a room. Actually, he's got the Harry Potter room uh, underneath the stairs where we got his feeder and his uh, his calendar, and we put a we put a cat door in there. So we forced him to we taught him how to use it. We didn't we didn't bother in the motorhome um, to either teaching him how to how to use it, but now he knows how to use a cat door. So you can tr- teach old cats new tricks.
1: <laughs> he's living and learning you know, yeah. he's good. He's good. Uh, but yeah, no, because I, I found it really interesting. I see, I see a lot of people, they always like to bring their dogs and they, they mm-hmm. love to bring their dogs on van life and, you know, outings and everything. And you don't see many cats and that's why I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, but for me, it kind of makes sense because for a dog uh, you, you need to take them out so they can do their business and stuff mm-hmm. For a cat. Like you got, their necessities indoors anyways so for me it makes sense yeah
0: totally i think you're right i think that's a really good point actually it's easy it's there's i i mean i'm filming uh people i've i've met a few folks with cats in their vans and they make it work too it's uh it's doable for sure Yeah, yeah it's definitely doable i
1: saw one video where someone had a parrot and i thought that was strange but you know you you do you you live your life it's all good yeah
0: a parrot might be difficult i could see that being a challenge
1: but um first uh you know um let let us know what's going on in, in your life uh you know anything you want to throw out there where can the, people find you and how can people you know hit you up if they want to collaborate in any way
0: yeah well um I got a lot going on i got a lot a lot of different ways you can find me online uh the big ways are you know youtube that's that's primarily my platform so youtube uh you can search forrest stevens that's Forrest with two r's stevens with a v and different media is my other channel for the documentary work um i do a lot of uh, exclusive content now on patreon so you know i encourage people to check that out that's a way that people can directly support me and what we're doing here and we're, you know, we're trying to trying to essentially make the world a better place by by enacting a lot of uh, permaculture techniques here and, and and active learning and experimenting with the land and ourselves and and trying to share those results um, to hopefully help people. Um, so, yeah, Patreon, I do a lot of exclusive content and then. Uh, I don't know, Instagram, I post stuff <laughs> Forrest the filmmaker on Instagram uh my podcast is what i learned from and that's available on all audio podcast platforms as well as on youtube as a video podcast um yeah i don't know reach out contact me ask me some questions if you guys have it um yeah oh i guess my film the the reality of van life on uh on prime video and moments and best friends are also up there as well
1: awesome awesome uh, you used the term permaculture, you know, and I want to kind of maybe get into that before we finish. Uh, c- could you go into a little bit of, you know, a little more background in what permaculture is like permaculture, gardening or things like that?
0: Sure. Yeah. Permaculture is is sort of the using the scientific method um, in combination with observing nature. So permaculture can be used to form better communities with people as well um but it's typically used in the, in the definition of, of talking about gardening and food production mostly so permaculture is a is a lot of like you know how does the how do plants symbiotically grow together um for instance there's any sort of legume bearing plants so like peas and beans um they create a bacteria around their roots that takes nitrogen out of the air and puts it into the soil, so it can be absorbed by plants. So if you plant uh, if you plant corn, which takes up a lot of nitrogen because it's a it's a grass, um, so it needs a lot of nitrogen to form green uh, leaves and stuff, um, and it can actually use the the nitrogen from the neighboring bean plant that is growing. And then the bean can spiral around. If it's a pole bean, it can spiral around the, the stalk of corn. Um, so they can use each other and grow together. Um, so so that's one concept of permaculture is sort of looking at nature and seeing, okay, what does this plant do? This plant actually creates a, an excess of this nutrient and this one needs that nutrient. Let's grow them together. Um, it's a lot of looking at The way nature works so if you go to the forest and you dig underneath a a layer of leaves you'll see dark rich nutrient dense soil and that's but you don't see lawns you don't see grass in the forest it's all matted over with leaves and so that's the concept of mulching so if you're to mulch in a garden you're covering that soil and deterring any uh plants you don't want like weeds to grow um, just by blocking the sunlight, but you're also not leaving bare soil uh, exposed to the sun. So um, then the soil in there can have be rich with bacterial life and, and fungal life, um, which is living soil is healthy soil. Uh, and so it's, it's really just these simple techniques of, of a lot of combination things, you know, like even like aquaponics is a permaculture technique of of raising fish and using the fish waste to grow plants because and then using bacteria um surface uh bacteria on uh like stones or or clay um to break down the the fish waste to make those nutrients available for the plants the plants clean the water for the fish so it's really creating these symbiotic relationships so that you have to work less because right now um you know (laughs) <laughs> right now with with food production, we we live in a world of uh, a lot of monoculture crops and a lot of crops that need a lot of technology to even survive in the conditions that they're they're growing in. Um, and that technology is is usually uh, it, it can be even like um, genetically modified so that it, it can withstand a certain type of pesticide or herbicide that is sprayed all over the field so that it can be the only crop growing. And then you need uh, heavy machinery to harvest these, and it's all done um, systematically and efficiently. But it's actually uh, it's actually ignoring a large part of the way the world works, which is um, leaving that soil bare is killing that soil. So you have to then you have to pump more nutrients in there. There's no regenerator, no no uh, natural regeneration happening. Whereas with permaculture techniques. You can get the soil to become its own living organism that constantly breaks things down. You're adding uh, what you grow back in and, and it becomes a system that over time needs less and less management, not more and more like the system that we currently use with monoculture. Where it, it's going to have to keep advancing with the, the technology to be able to keep growing stuff. Um because it's it's making it worse every year. That you know, if you look at the statistics of topsoil um, degradation uh, worldwide, it's like I don't know what it is, but it's something like a football field, a second or minute of topsoil is just gone. It's it's just gone. Like it, and um, and so permaculture is addressing those problems and and tons of the different problems with the scientific method so just and that's what i love is the scientific method is is uh, is raising a hypothesis of if i do this i think this will happen and it's either proving yourself wrong or right through experimentation and so every year that we get to grow something using different permaculture techniques and different experiments are our, ourselves we get to you know me as a creative person i get to I get to think, okay, what happens when I do this or this or this? And I've never seen anybody else do this. Um, what's going to happen? And I can experiment. And that's what permaculture also is, is just that accumulation of knowledge of what works and what doesn't and, and the results of certain behaviors.
1: That's, I think that's awesome. Like you're, you're combining parts of nature to just assist each other and do what they do best, you know? produce certain type of waste that this intakes and yeah no it's it's awesome yeah we have a real issue with uh topsoil erosion and everything and then uh um every year farming is getting worse and worse and harder and harder to maintain uh so yeah like you said we got
0: some problems in this world man we got some problems (laughs) We,
1: (laughs) we really do and we inherit them like you know yeah (laughs) we didn't cause them but we inherited them so we got to solve them
0: and the other thing man is like uh you know water is very important water in this world is very important um there's there's a lot of uh you know i I don't know much about it and maybe this is like bro science or something but um there's a lot of uh uh migration uh due to uh, droughts and um and, and problems with water, you know, the, the, uh, places are becoming more and more desert, like, uh, these deserts are expanding and that's forcing people, uh, out of where they live because it's no longer, they're no longer able to live the way they were. Um, and this is going to continue to happen. And, uh, it's going to require massive infrastructure. Like even the, the idea of Los Angeles as a city is, is crazy. The amount of water they have to pipe down from places that are thousands of miles away, it's crazy. Um, I mean, it works to a degree, but at what cost, right? And and so permaculture is another way of, of dealing with that, you know, like mulching once again is, a, is another way to just retain water because the water doesn't evaporate uh, as readily if it's covered. Um, and then there's, you know, digging ditches and you can plant things on the side of ditches and the ditches hold water for longer. Um, there's people doing really cool things. Like one thing I wanted to do was I wanted to regreen a piece of desert, just buy like a thousand dollar one acre plot in like California or something and try to re-green it using permaculture techniques, which is entirely possible as well. Um, so there's a lot of promise in this technology uh, to, to build a world that isn't getting worse. Um, it's just uh, the knowledge is not... Um, It's not mainstream and it's also not uh, being used as much. It's not being required to be used as much as it as it should be, Um, because, yeah, I mean, if if permaculture was globally accepted and globally uh, used, it would be awesome because it would get even better, you know, because it's like any science, the more people participating in that science, um, the faster and faster it evolves. And so permaculture is something that is ever-evolving.
1: Yeah, I think you got another documentary on your hands there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Regreening a, an acre in California, that'd that that that'd be something to see. Yeah,
0: I think so. Maybe one day. <laughs> Too bad I'm Canadian, though. I can't oh, live there. <laughs>
1: that's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have to be... There's desert in Canada, but it, it freezes in the winter. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> it's beside the point.
1: Well, I, I think... It's it's super interesting and it's something I'm going to dive a little deeper into as well because I think that subject is something not talked about a lot because I I until, you know, uh, you know, seeing some of your videos or hearing you speak about it, I, I didn't know what, you know, permaculture gardening or any of that was. And I think it's super interesting given that we are in the times that we are like it, we're we're in the midst of just environmental degrade in general yeah and man it, we're,
0: we're heading towards crisis uh yeah. it's not it's not impossible for that to happen that's for sure
1: yeah and i i think it's like don't quote me i think it's by 2050 there will be no more fish in the sea if we don't do something about it now that's just crazy to think about it's like i i can't imagine a world where there's not naturally just fish in the ocean you know Yeah, but it's something that we're heading towards
0: yeah uh, yeah for sure i mean that's a horrible it's a horrible thing to think about but it's uh it's it's horrible because it affects everything that happens on land of course as well which including us but it's also like man these species are suffering because of what we're doing and and we don't get to our children don't get to um you know pull a a fresh salmon out of a river and and enjoy that experience that is so uh you know so wild and so crazy you know like i i have um uh you know it's part of our it's part of our history every one of us to live close to nature and um it, that history is is getting uh harder to relive if we wanted to live that way again
1: yeah no it's 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 true um that's why it's so important to talk about because it's such a touchy subject and it's it's not a very happy subject, but it's something that has to be talked about and shared and really put into perspective for a lot of people uh, because it is so important. Um, but uh, thank you for giving me the rundown on permaculture and, and everything. It's super interesting. Um, and it was like, you have no idea how happy I am that you did reply and you were willing to be on the podcast. That means a lot uh but thank you for being here today uh guys make sure to go check out the for stevens youtube page the different media youtube page uh force the filmmaker on instagram hit up prime video and check out all of his work um uh keep a lookout for 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 his book no we no timeline on it but hopefully sure this year
0: <laughs> hopefully i'll get it out before christmas that's the idea
1: Boom. You heard it here and keep keep a lookout for it. You know, guarantee it's going to be a good read. Um, And thank you for tuning in to this episode. It means a lot guys. It means a lot that you share, like comment, subscribe, hit the little bell to make sure that you're notified anytime new content's coming out. Like I always say, If you watch it or you don't, it's going to keep getting made because it's what I love to do. And I love coming out and talking with new people every day and talking and making these episodes weekly for you, because not only does it give you guys a chance to live vicariously through the guests and experience everything that they have the knowledge about, but it goes to show you that there isn't one set cookie cutter path to your dreams, you know, pick up a camera, hustle a little bit for it, make the things you love come true and prosper. Because if you follow your dreams hard enough and push hard enough, you're going to get to where you want to be. And uh, in the future, that place where you want to be might not be where you think it is now. And you might come to a day where you're finally content and happy that you made those choices or took those risks, you know. But uh, we will see you guys next time, uh, on the next episode. Have a great day, Force. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I hope you have a great day as well.
0: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me on.
1: No problem. Well, take care, guys.
0: Bye. All right. So, what did I learn from being on this podcast? Well, I learned a few things. I learned that, um, Michael is a very good host in the way that he he listens to what you say and then he repeats back to you in his own words what you've said and um, also his own takes on the subject and he actually openly shares without being asked because that's what's interesting about being the guest is you don't want to like necessarily all the time like flip the role and be like well what do you think about this after they ask you the question or where did you grow up or what how did you get here right and um, it feels like a too much of a shift to be the guest and be sort of hopping in and out of the the host role right so um, but he would share his uh, sort of answer and comment on my answer to the question that he posed and in that way, it becomes more of a conversation just naturally. And uh, it allows me or the guest to uh, know a little bit more about him so that it can, it can keep the uh, the interest in the whole situation going. Because you can't just have uh, a take with no give, right? You need that give and take of even in a podcast, right? And And you definitely want to... Uh, give as a host by having good questions and and then um, you can also sort of give as well by extra sharing. So that's what I learned there. It's just a little bit about how to be a better um, podcast host as well as just a little more experience being a guest. Um, and that experience really just kind of led me to think about how much I enjoy being a guest on a podcast actually. It's very nice to have people ask you questions and, and wonder about you and and, and it, it gives you a sense of, that, oh, this person cares, right? They care enough to think about this question. Um, you know, Michael also did his research. So it's like, oh, he cared enough to look into who I was and what I was talking about um, and what I have to share. So that was pretty cool, too. Um, and it, yeah, it just made me think about, like, that I want to do this more. It feels good. It's fun. That's the other thing I learned is being a being a guest on podcasts or being involved in in podcasts is fun. It's just like, it's like a, a deeper, more sort of drilled in conversation. It's like you can you can hang out with somebody, um, for hours, but never get as much information as you do in like a thirty minute or an hour long podcast. Um, of course, you can just casually hang out too, but. The, the podcast format really like pushes for conversation to be happening, obviously. And in that way, it forces uh, people to open up and, and really share a lot more. So it was fun, it was good, I really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys did too. Thanks for listening and watching. Like I said before, go check out Michael and the Creators Anonymous podcast. And uh, if you're not subscribed here, subscribe. And we hope to see you on the next one.